0: Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 73 of The Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, over there, or over there, I forget, we actually do this live now, sort of not, okay, it's not live, but it's live to you because it's on YouTube. Close enough. It's Hector! Uh, Welcome to The Pull List Podcast. Um, Wow. How are you doing, Hector? I'm magically delicious. (laughs) (laughs) moving right along thick and savory Uh, (laughs) no (laughs) oh last week we were getting musically banned from youtube this week it's just why does it say 18 plus it's weird
1: it's because of she-hulk
0: oh okay that that seemed right um we've got a lot to talk about today so we should probably you know go and do the thing so strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic signs
1: Your checks for my expansion
0: sets they call me obi-wan act like you know me son yep well here we are um but on today's episode of the pull list we've got a great show for you we're gonna hit the news uh we're gonna talk about our latest poll recommendations from the last two weeks because we are back on track and not entirely behind though i was about a book behind but that's fine uh our fave new still, number ones uh, I oh. still
1: have not finished. Uh, what is it? I've got it sitting over here somewhere. A uh, couple books that I purchased and have still not finished. I have still not finished Batman <laughs> Killing Time or mm-hmm. One Dark Night, even though I purchased them. Yeah. It's just like, no.
0: So I'm still behind technically. See, so we're behind yet up to date, and we've got even more to talk about. This is the Polis Podcast. <laughs> So now you can watch us wander into um, my newsroom where we didn't leave at all. We're still here. Um, but I have a spreadsheet in front of me that none of you can see or hear because it'd be weird to hear a spreadsheet. So be jealous. Yeah. So be totally jealous because Bill Cipher is in charge of my world. That's not creepy at all. Yeah. Um, awkward um so let's talk about some news i actually have some this week um where do i actually want to start in this list i guess i'll go in order because that's the point of having a run of show i guess um if you had to guess now technically you have a spreadsheet in front of you that tells i'm not i'm not reading it i'm <laughs> fair enough good i'm, wa- I'm watching All your right. fair face yes um when do you think is the last time Frank Miller did official work for Marvel? For Marvel? Yes. Oh. Right. Right? Like I know he's done DC stuff. Mm-hmm. you um. right. He he certainly has a perchant to hang out on the DC side of the house, yes. I meant like he did DC stuff like last
1: year. Mm-hmm. Um I have no idea. Like 10 years ago? 30.
0: Oh. Three zero. Um, like electra you would think um i believe a daredevil um man without fear was one of them he did some she hulk stuff um and we're talking even like everything in between but i'm I'm making the mistake of trusting bleeding cool in this hard-hitting analysis but i tried to think about it and i think it's true um well that works that that obviously makes it accurate yeah, Rich Johnson just is a magical man of the world and knows all. Um, so, Frank is going to do a variant cover for the new FF. FF Fantastic Four is renumbering because reasons. Welcome to Marvel's world. Um, and he's doing a cover of The Thing. And art for that's already out there. So when you get the show notes, you can click, click the link and you can go, oh, that's definitely Frank Miller and the thing. Um, so, yeah, and I that's why I said work, <laughs> not that he wrote a book or drew a book. It's like literally he provided key art for something. And so there you go. You now have um, the thing. And actually, it's pretty dope. Not going to lie. I I think it's pretty cool. It's very it's very Frank Miller. Um So that means square, straight lines everywhere. Yes. Um, But that works pretty well for the thing because that's like what he is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Um, And as I read down through the rest of my news, I realize I'm just talking about people being outside of their lane in industry (laughs) is the theme of today's show. Um, So Mark Silvestri, you know that name? Mm hmm. So one of the, uh, original image, um, folks, top cow, all that good stuff. Um, hi heifer. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> um, the stakes are high. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens when we record in the morning and Hector has like half a coffee. Um, mm-hmm. it is going to be fantastic. Um, so Mark is wandering over towards DC. Now, I know Mark's done DC work before. Right, um, right. That that happens. But it this is another one where I think in the article it talks about, but it's been like a decade. Um, bunch of Black Label stuff's been coming out. We're going to talk about one of those books later on in the show. Um, but more Black Label stuff is coming out from really powerful teams. And Silvestri has pulled a book that they are calling Deadly Duo. And it's Batman and the Joker is sitting in a Robin seat. They're not calling him a Robin, but he is the sidekick for that story. Hector's face right now says just about everything.
1: Um, We have that book currently and it's called uh, Batman White Knight. But go on.
0: Yeah, this is a highly violent like the Joker's like, hi, I'm here to help. And then lots of crowbar action is kind of what I've seen of early panels. <laughs> so, so Sh- the Sean Murphy verse is is the buddy cop story with Joker. Um, this, this is going to have a very image vibe by the sounds of it, which means it's probably going to be covered in brain matter. Um, it, I mean, it, they're calling it deadly duo. <laughs> So I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out. And if it's going to be Batman like, hey, we don't do that here all the time. And that's the trope or <laughs> mm. So there's that. That's a thing. It happened. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just kind of interesting stuff coming down the pipe over the next couple months. Fall is kind of like the reset after the summertime period for comics and all that good stuff. I so... generally
1: like fall the best. Yeah, um, because all the hype crap is
0: over yep. and we can actually tell some stories. Yep. And hopefully that's that's where we're going to end up. Um, because, you know, sidebar from the news, um, both of the big two's major events are basically we're, we're almost not talking about them because they're. Eh. Yeah, because nobody's
1: like dramatically shifted by Dark Crisis or anything.
0: Right. And Judgment Day, like here, here's Chris being super honest with all of you i read it i tried to like it and i'm like what on earth is going on um it for the short editorial here is marvel why are you trying to make the eternals and the celestials matter (laughs) why Because they invested money in it. It's a pyramid scheme that they
1: (laughs) chipped it. Then their grandmother's Christmas money. And now they're like, oh, we don't want to upset Nana. Let's put this sweater on.
0: (laughs) It's it's the Nana story of the of the of the Marvel Universe this summer.
1: The Eternals are the Nana's ugly Christmas sweater that you have to wear at like at least Thanksgiving. So you acknowledge its presence and don't make Nana feel like she wasted her time.
0: And that's the tweet. That's it. That might be more than 280 characters, but that's the tweet. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, where were we? Oh, right. The news. Um, I actually have some of that juicy, juicy industry stuff that some of you actually come here to listen to. And we dig you. Um, I'm going to utter a phrase (laughs) that I'm kind of shocked by, but the rest of you won't be shocked by. And that is... GameStop is about to be sued by Diamond Comics distributors for a lot of money. Right. Um, So as you may recall, and this might be a year to two years ago, the last time we uttered this because we mentioned it and then it disappeared and now it's back. And that is that GameStop was like, we're going to start carrying a spinner rack of comics And if any of you actually saw one of those in the wild picks or it didn't happen, Um, you occasionally would see stuff like bundled with other stuff, but not like the we're ordering comics and we're putting them out to try a thing. They did run a pilot program. And like I said, it was one to two years ago. Well, if you want to know how well that went, it has something to do with a three million dollar (laughs) lawsuit. And it's because GameStop was like, oh, well, we're just going to do like we do with all of our other regular retail stuff, and we're just going to cancel orders well after the window and just not pay them because that that seems like a good way to lose money. And Diamond's like, cool story, but that's literally not how our contracts work (laughs) Um, as every comic book. Store will tell you returnability on certain things and or being able to cancel stuff that they shouldn't have ordered 500 copies of for that one in 500 variant um is a thing and gamestop's just like cool peace out we don't care and (laughs) timon's like yeah but three million bones is three million doll hairs and um no so interesting because like i said i didn't expect to utter the words gamestop And comic books and diamond comic book distributors in the same sentence ever um, since this first came up. Yet here we are. Um, So I'm curious how that plays out because if GameStop doesn't get beat into the ground over this, every single comic book retail store in the world is going to show up and go cool. So we can just can't we can just the the pain of doing FOC math is gone. The final order cutoff thing is gone because if we're allowed to just violate our contracts because this big major corporation did then game on uh because that's the biggest issue for retailers is i have to order books before i even know if something's going to work or if people actually care and so returnability has always been a thing and gamestop didn't even play the returnability game they're just like no i see that po but i don't care (laughs) and i was like cool um cool story bro um that just sounds so dumb right but it also sounds like the most gamestop thing ever that they're like yeah what if i send these all back to you and you give me five cents a copy (laughs) wait what (laughs) no (laughs) oh we just won't pay this then that's cool i mm, gamestop
1: why i mean with walden's that was always the deal is that we just
0: uh, rip the cover off, mail the cover back. Right. Yep. Usually that was the whole proof of returnability that you didn't, you didn't make money off from the thing. Um, and as we've said multiple times on the show in the past, the the day that makes us most sad is some companies allow affidavits where we just sign and say, yep, they are gone. And others are like, yeah, we go need them covers back. So you literally sit in the back room and tear covers off from a comic book and you're just like, Ooh, <sighs> And no, and part of you dies every single time. Well, to be (laughs) fair, uh,
1: that's how I got back into comics. Yeah, I I was uh,
0: uh, doing that POF thing when Hush came out. (laughs) Uh, and the rest, as they say, is history because Hector has a slight problem now. Yeah, a decade, (laughs) two, two, golly, gee, two decades later. Don't do the math. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say
1: that was 2003. Crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, womp
0: womp. womp. womp Um. So yeah, uh, we'll see where that goes because, like I said, uh, if I was a retailer, I would be keenly interested in how that plays out in a court of law. Um. So that no. Yeah. Well, GameStop mm, to the moon with you, I guess. <laughs> um. And to wrap out the news section for this week, we have a little more on Valiant um people watching them still don't know who works there and who doesn't um it's just kind of fascinating um we know that the primary publisher is still in place uh fred who has been there since dinesh days is still there which technically as far as i'm concerned is a good thing because he's a good dude right yeah um very good dude um but at the same time all of their marketing people reached out recently and was like oh yeah by the way we're prematurely ending basically everything but we're launching a new bloodshot series starting next month but that's going to be the only book that comes out and a bunch of people went what <laughs> um and they were like don't worry about it it's cool and a lot of people went yeah so the rumor is that they're going to do a title a month. I don't know if it's going to be different because they did. Other people don't know if it's going to be different, but bloodshot is hitting number one again. And it it's going to be valiance. I, I want you to hear the sentence I'm about to utter because this is another one that made me go hmm. uh, bloodshot is going to be in next month's new. Number one valiance first mature issue. Based on how bloodshot normally is
1: <laughs> I think that well, scares me a little. They're gonna have to go full uh what? What was the Batman book where Bruce's uh Yeah Batwang. Batwang <laughs> was visible. Yeah, they're gonna have to do that. Um I was trying not to say that. Um Too bad. <laughs> Bruce's Wayne? Yeah, no. It was just <laughs> No. (sighs)
0: Um, yeah, that black label really was just like, "Hey, what up? (laughs) And here we are. Uh,
1: I know you're done with the news, uh, but just, and I know I don't even expect you to have watched she Hulk yet because I know you and your timeline. Yeah. Uh, So let me just, let me put my two cents in on she Hulk real quick without spoilers.
0: Let's do it. Um, it is, it is the early impressions by Hector. Uh, it's super fun. Yay.
1: Uh, it's very officey. Oh, Oh. Uh, like, it literally is like, in, in my opinion, it's like watching about prime office level stuff uh, with, uh, like, the first episode with Bruce. And, and so it's like, so <laughs> as the show starts, she's just lawyering, she's walking out, and then, like, she turns around. By the way, I know you want to know the origin story. You're not going to care about the sassy lawyer stuff until you actually know where I came from. So let's talk. (laughs) And (laughs) and it's just uh, lots of camera breaks. The CGI is obviously much better than it was in the original trailer. Um, Lots of references. And like if you've seen stuff on social media or Twitter, just like some of the commentary there uh, is a long running gag throughout the first episode about Steve Rogers sex life. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, all the way through that, the graphics in the credits have diagrams and uh, the post credit scene is Disney playing around with F bombs at a pro- like at like, getting the first two syllables out or first two sounds out <laughs> and then go into credits. Um, okay. So, cause, so, cause like we've, my family's always watched Disney plus shows as a family. Like we know it's, you Oops. know, mature. And so like the, it ends on like the show ends on the F word, um, cut off on the post credits. And so Rosa just goes, <laughs> 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 because karma like my nine-year-old sitting there watching it and, she's just like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so this is some gears are moving. (laughs) So this is somewhere between, uh, Allie McBeal and the office. Um, and Marvel being very quick to give you a solid, uh, all the backstory filler for why Bruce is how Bruce is. And like, But they managed to give you an origin story in 15 minutes tops. Nice. Uh, It'll be fun. And if you're there for lighthearted comedy with a little bit of heart, um, great. But personally speaking, like, I can't even say her name, but let's go with Tatiana. Um, I think that's her first name. I can't remember. Uh, I loved her, like, tatted on my chest, loved her in uh, Orphan Black which if you didn't watch Orphan Black, Orphan Black is one of the best sci-fi series uh, probably in the last 10 years, if it's 10 years ago. Um, There's a Funko Pop somewhere of... It's back there. It's a back there somewhere. It's on the top. You can't see this, but there's a Funko of uh, the actress who plays her from when... Because on Orphan Black, she played nine different versions of the same clone. hmm like, so she had nine different fully fleshed out personalities with uh, accents, backstories and everything else. And one of them was a serial killer. And um, and yeah. they all had to interact like they had to gr- have group family therapy and stuff <laughs> in a circle. Um, so sh- her craft is great. And so her getting to just have fun and do comedy is. Yeah. You know, really peak. So uh, I would just say this, go into it, expecting something fun and let go of all the negativity
0: that comes with everything that comes out with about everything. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't go to Reddit. Just don't or Twitter or Facebook or the internet. (laughs) Chris, do you feel left out not having kids and watching
1: bluey? I mean, all of your adult friends, I feel
0: I feel like (laughs) because so many of you say that, that I should just start watching it anyway. It's delightful. (laughs) Right. And I was like, I was going to say, you know, the new Bluey dropped. But I was like, that
1: doesn't matter to you because you don't have an excuse to watch it.
0: (laughs) If enough people
1: tell me to watch it, I'll watch it. But like, it's one of those adult things for me. Like, I don't feel okay just
0: watching Bluey and like (laughs) sitting down. I was like, oh, but I've got children. This is fine.
1: This is fine. No.
0: Fine. Well, then, you know, I can transition for like because it was starting when we talked last time, you know, that, you know, my impromptu discussion of things is uh, we'll go from Bluey to uh, the dreaming and the Sandman was just delightful. Um, the Sandman was delightful and I enjoyed it so much. Right. Um. So, Yeah. I don't think I'll go too far in the detail because if you haven't watched it, this is Chris and Hector probably saying you should watch that and then you should go back and read it um, because, and I did that. I I plowed through watching that show super quick because it was really good. Um, and then it quickly reminded me how incredibly dark <laughs> this story is because I've also watched people like, Oh, I don't know. Do you think my young teenage son would enjoy this? And half of us are like, <sighs> Um, <laughs> well, because listen, man, like I now,
1: for those of you who watched it on Netflix or you've read the books, I cannot express strongly enough <laughs> yes. how much you should pick up the Audible. Yeah. Um, yep. now, if you're saying I don't want an Audible subscription, um, I don't have one. Um, you can, <laughs> you can buy. A oh, right. yeah. physical audible as a CD, like computer C D, car C D. Um, what is this magic you speak of? Yes. Um, so I wanted to listen to the Sandman Audible when it came out because James McAvoy, Kat Dennings, David Tennant. Yeah, like you, you know, want to talk
0: about a cast.
1: Yeah, there, there's not a cast more stacked than the Sandman Audible. And uh Chris North and uh Mike Perna, both are on the same boat with me because I've seen them posting and talking about it as well, mm. is that for $15, maybe $19, you can get the entire Audible of Sandman Volume 1, which is twice as much content as on the Netflix series. Yes. Oh, for ni- finish for and, 19- then, and then I'm going to hurt your head because you might for- not know this. For $19, but then you can also, there's a volume two for the same price that goes twice as far. So you get the first, like, two volumes in audible format where you can tangibly hold it and swap out of cars and everything else. So that's how I went about it, but it was a
0: masterpiece. So, Um, I just saw this this morning, and so my weekend is planned. They dropped two new episodes last night. Of Sandman? Yep. And one of them is one of the stories that they didn't cover, and the other one is the first story in the second arc. Yeah, when I saw that, I went, ooh. Oh, and David Tennant's in it. I saw that on the news this morning. So so. I'm kind of curious because I want to see how they bridge that because, again, a lot of stuff – one thing that I want to say very clearly is some stuff is literally word from word from – the letters in the book um some of the most poignant speeches literally weren't edited um they were uttered word for word um which is super cool because you go wow neil's freaking amazing and you'd be right (laughs) um and what
1: what makes the just I'm, I know I'm just hey, yeah. beating this drum, what makes the audible so cool is Neil narrates the whole thing.
0: That make and that his voice actually is dreamy for that purpose.
1: His voice is dreamy for that purpose. <laughs> but um, hit, going between him and James McAvoy in his <laughs> depths of despair, <the> <laughs> it's
0: was, just was like Ma- was McAvoy was McAvoy um dream? Yeah. Okay.
1: James McAvoy's dream. Uh, Cat Dennings is death. Nice. Um. And uh, Michael Sheen, like Mm -hmm. the Good Omens angel, is Lucifer. Nice. Um, And then... uh, Who was the Corinthian?
0: Dude, I can't remember, but it was a big name. Right. So to be fair, and this this is a point, is one thing that you will appreciate about the show on Netflix. And one thing that I appreciated is... And Neil talked a lot about this on Twitter because some people complained, is a lot of the characters are actually fleshed out a lot more earlier in Netflix that they gave a lot more meat to who a lot of the members of the endless actually are. um, Which made the adaptation super fun to me because you understood a little more of the depth. Like if you watch it first and then go pick up the audible or read, you're going to be like, who's the Corinthian? (laughs) Cause Homeboy does not really get his piece until the very end of the first arc. And they found a really creative way, I think, to make him actually much more frightening (laughs) um, by sprinkling him throughout the the Netflix thing and helping actually drive part of the story. So, yeah, not for the kiddos because – there are a few moments I was like, "Wow, I legit forgot how incredibly dark this was."
1: And I'll, I'll say this, and I know a lot of other people covered it you know, in discussions: the diner scene, yo, is dramatically watered down.
0: Right. Yes. No. From the audible, in a good way. Yes. Um. um but Tw- the twenty-four-seven was actually shocking in general, and then you go back and read it or hear it, and you go, "Never mind, I'm good." <laughs> yeah. Um. The the audible
1: for 24 seven for the whole diner scene literally left me unnerved.
0: Yeah, I think that's the point to be fair. Yeah.
1: And but like, and then uh, despair, you know, we only got a couple little cuts with her. Yep. Um, There's a whole monologue she's giving in the audible where all
0: you hear is the sound of slicing flesh. Yep. No. And it's, so. Oof. Yeah. And despair, technically we, And I've told this to a few people, I was like, all of you muggles that are like, that was really good. I was like, well, if you were made even slightly uneasy (laughs) during the first season of Netflix, season two is going to hurt your head. (laughs) Just knowing the content that is within that second arc. um, We we transitioned from that was uncomfortable to got it because the main characters of the endless in the second arc. yep, And they, they sprinkled it there because one thing that's really neat about what Neil does through the Sandman is you keep finding out there are other members of the endless that start with D that you're like, wait, that wasn't in the first list. No, no, they weren't. (laughs) Um, But it does this really creative thing of towards the end of an arc drops it out there. So slight spoiler, but, I won't explain where they came from, but you don't hear the word delirium until almost the end of the first arc. And you didn't in the comics either. Um, and then delirium is one of the main characters of the next arc. And you can <laughs> just based on the name. Um, but halfway through that arc, you get introduced to another brother that you're like, wait, how many of these fools are there? <laughs> There's seven, right? Um, Well, that's the thing that's weird. And of course they have ways of answering this. Um, And of course they show it because the galleries and how they communicate with one another. um, Technically you can count those and kind of figure it out, but, and that's also part of the, one of those was empty during the first arc. Um, And it's true in the comics as well. Yeah. Then in the second one, um, some transitions occur in the gallery. So it's, it's really creative how it's like, wait, we're introducing new characters. Well, kind of sort of not really, but if you're definitely looking for something that is very witty and the main thing is like a lot of Neil's other work is it's all of his stories kind of have this thing of weaving pantheons of gods of long human mythology, etc., in and out of related universes. And so if you're looking for really witty dialogue and just, a really interesting examination of the human condition. Like, is it fair to put those words in Neil's mouth? I probably won't, but almost all of his work, that's kind of what's going on. Um, cause North mythology, uh, American gods, all of this is he's, and even the work in good omens that all of this, you're going to recognize stories that you've heard. Um, And like the really creative stuff he did with Cain and Abel in Sandman is still like really fascinating to me. Yes. Um, And you will find out even more about that going into the second arc. So I'm curious if they're going to give us that little sprinkling because he uses Cain as a messenger in a very creative way. Um, Oh, absolutely. That you're just like, there's a lot, there's a lot to chew on in what Neil gives you and stuff. So. And just to throw it out there too,
1: if you want some other voices on this as well, uh Todd Turner on his most recent podcast, the uh, mm. uh oh, there's so many words and I always mix it up um I think it's sis and Pop's big culture if I'm saying it correctly. That's, um sounds right Sorry, yeah. Todd we love uh, you but something, I don't know if it's pop and sis or sis and Pops or but it's either Todd Turner's podcast um uh, I know that he was discussing it with his daughter like, uh, Sandman. So some other voices out there too. Um,
0: so, so, yeah, we should probably talk about comics. Yeah. You got, (laughs) that wasn't about comics. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, you got a couple reviews and news this week. So congratulations. (laughs) And that's what you needed to know, or at least that's what I'm telling you. That's our bi-weekly look at the industry, delivering you the inside knowledge as always. You can join us in the conversation on the interwebs uh, on our Facebook community with Love Thy Nerd in the Discord where Hector will ignore you. Um, but they're all out there. You can still text Hector or whatever arcane technology he's using nowadays. But we love talking <laughs> about comics outside of the show. So tell us what you liked, what you hated, if we're absolutely off our rocker or if we completely missed something because we do that occasionally. Um <laughs> I,
1: I I sent Chris and Matt a meme after the last episode's recording like uh, of Rorschach like and, <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll and they'll cry out join us in our discord server and I'll whisper
2: no <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, maybe
0: we'll have to share that or we'll have to help Matt dig that up so that that could be the cover of this episode.
1: Not, the, not um, the cover. We need Grandma's Ugly Eternal sweater.
0: Oh, man. All right. I'm making some mental notes for what I'm calling this episode. You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira.
2: Welcome to the Lightning Round brought to you by Moviga. I'm Stephen with your weekly source for all things movies, video games, and more. Now grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. Ewan McGregor recently confirmed that early scripts for Obi-Wan Kenobi centered more around Luke than Leia. Was this show ever about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Uh-huh. The world's second biggest theater chain, Regal Cinemas, is declaring bankruptcy. So I know we've all seen Minions already, but we need to go see it four or five more times. We've got to save the theaters, y'all. Hold on to your declarations of independence. Jeremy Brookheimer has confirmed a National Treasure 3 script is in the works, and he's hoping to get... Nicolas Cage back for it. I'm, I guess I'm down for that, sure. The giant video game holdings company, Embracer Group, has purchased the rights to The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and is eager to explore movie tie-ins, spin-offs, video games, all that stuff, which is pretty cool, so we'll see what happens. Disney is re-releasing Rogue One with an Andor sneak peek and Spider-Man No Way Home with 11 minutes of extra footage. How y'all feel about all these re-releases? I don't know, I I feel like it's kind of sketchy, but also the theaters are kind of dying, so I don't know, what do you think? Spider-Man is now on PC, and it's the second biggest launch for a PlayStation game behind God of War. Well deserved, those are both amazing games, you should go play them if you haven't already. There has been a massive breakthrough in nuclear fusion. Scientists at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory's National Ignition Facility have achieved ignition, meaning the reaction has become self-sustaining, and you know what that means. The power of the sun and the palm of my hand. Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Moviga Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to that sort of thing, where we're talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Stephen, and thanks again for joining me this week for The Lightning Round <laughs>
0: To the Pull List podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. So yeah, let, let's let's talk us about the comics. So, um, you pulled the entirety of the DC universe in the last two weeks. So tell us how that worked out. <laughs> Did I do a lot of DC? <laughs> um, let's let's talk about what you didn't do. Um, yep. Fair, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, fair, fair
1: oh wow yeah <laughs> right did i do all dc you did oh, all yeah. dc i did all dc oh snap crackle pop okay um <laughs> let's go Drazzle dazzle um yes. so first off um let's get in this poll pop.
0: oh welcome to our new poll segment where you can see pictures of comic books <laughs> yay comics um
1: move my coffee um so first off, let's hit up Black Adam number three. Um, and uh, as the story is continuing on, by the way, this is three of twelve, so this is not going to be a forever story. Um, mm. But going with it, uh, one thing is that uh, you know, by the last issue, they air quotes killed Black Adam. Um, and forming boilers. No, because the new <laughs> issue's out. Oh, fine. <laughs> if a new issue's out man it's not spoilers anymore <laughs> he said meh to you
0: met to I'm you, meh to sir. you.
1: <laughs> uh, if if they managed to publish ship in stock a new uh, book it's you should be there um it's, sorry listen, not sorry here's here's the socially acceptable uh terms of spoilers if it's a movie 2 weeks if mm-hmm. it's a tv show 3 days okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if it's a comic by the time the next comics out you had your chance Yeah. Which means if it's a Frank Miller book, you might have five years. (laughs) Right. You'd be
0: good. Um, (laughs) Really got to catch up on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, either way. Uh, So like they they sold the death of Black Adam pretty hard in issue two. Um, So but what they uh, didn't really cover is the fact that. uh, Only one part of Black Adam died. So Teth Adam died.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Like his mortal form, right? Right. Died. Okay. Um. Fine. And so he, when he he passed his power on to the the new guy to uh right. White Adam, who he refuses to be acknowledged by that. Um. <laughs> and so uh, being the fact that he's a doctor, a med school student, et cetera, he has the bright idea: What if I Shazam? uh paddle this dude shazam. and so he like literally uh did uh what do you call it when you defibrillate he yeah, yeah. Sh- he shazam defib- sh- yeah clear. but Shazam but shazammed it and so uh did the- he said shazam as he did it So the lightning would strike him. Oh. So that's what I was trying to get to. Um, He like literally defibrillated him and cried Shazam at the same time. And so it brought uh, Black Adam back. Still dying.
0: Well, So that that
1: lasted a whole issue. (laughs) Yeah. He was dead like a page. He did. Um, But he's so Teth Adam is dead. Right. Um, But Black Adam in his full... Power form is alive, but on in critical condition. I te- He's still dying. I, I
0: technically have questions. Uh, as, as we all should. Because I um, thought the whole point of that power is that it has to be passed. So now it technically is existing in two people at the same time? Well,
1: what it's doing is the same way that Billy shares
0: his power. Oh, okay. That's still a little weird because Billy is at least still one person. Right.
1: So uh, White Adam has shared a portion of Black Adam's power back to the body of Teth Adam, which is keeping
0: Black Adam at least alive on life support. I feel like I needed to start a chalkboard for that, but we're not there yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's a fun and interesting story. Um, and they're definitely not giving you what you normally expect or see in a Black Adam book. That's fair. Um, because Black Adam is currently also in Dark Crisis, and he feels like a chalk outline of all the Black Adam's been before of like, I am trustworthy, but not trustworthy. (laughs) (laughs) And and,
0: like, this is is sitting there looking over his shoulder like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um so like it's fun uh and i en- i've enjoyed black adam on a consistent basis since 52 and this this doesn't disappoint um and to be fair to be far the only reason i have all uh dc is because you have the like super good marvel book that i read um i'm not sorry <laughs> No, and I get it. You shouldn't be. Um and then another one on my list. And this was on my list, right? Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh Nightwing, I've I beat this drum till I'm blue in the face. Um Tom Taylor's work on Nightwing has been fantastic. Um and this is a if it's not if it's not the climax,
0: it's real close. Mm. Um but you uh you it, don't think they'll drag that to a hundred just so it can be? Um, yeah, look at that. It's 95, right? Oh,
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. But I mean, they're, they're definitely starting a new arc, but they also left you on a good cliffhanger. Got but uh, yep. one of the things that uh, this whole, his whole storyline is introduced is that Nightwing has a sister. And if you haven't checked that out uh, hmm. and what makes it even more uh, weird is that Nightwing has a sister who's technically a Zuko. Like the guy, like the relation of the guy who killed his bio parents. Right. Um, And dude, honestly, the way they tie it in is not terrible. Okay. Um, But she's his age and she's the mayor of Bloodhaven. Does she know she's the sister of? Uh, of Eventually. Okay. Because
0: I was like, Uh, that's
1: weird. She didn't. And that's the thing. But she's also, she's part of the crime families, but not. And it's it's, this old old thing. So she's like trying to low key infiltrate. So he's got an actual sister working on his side. But, uh, Mm. so, um, it's, and it's, they've played it out really well. So there's this moment where, uh, there, uh, I'm not going to spoiler it, spoiler it, but there's this moment where he's asking somebody for help. And, uh, but then they give you this panel, which is just all the comic book goodness. And it says, we're all in, and it's got the entirety of the bat family. Plus the Titans Whoa. Showing up to help him.
0: Okay, so the uh, next arc should be pretty dope.
1: Well, and everything that deals with this uh like happens pretty much in this issue. And there's been plenty of times people have shown up to help. But one of the really cool things with this one uh is that they effectively beat the bad guys, save the city, and uh Blockbuster who's the primary baddie, minus heartless in nice. this, uh he's like I don't accept this. (laughs) He's like, I don't accept defeat. So he literally sets an orphanage on fire, grabs Uh. a couple orphans by the head, threatens Nightwing. He's like, "Uh, if you, if you don't lay down on the ground now, I'm going to pop their skulls
0: in front of you like grapes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's let's talk briefly about the difference between Marvel and DC. Marvel's like, oh no, Hydra's bombing the entire city, and you see it from the helicopter the helicarrier, and DC's like, I'm gonna step on this child's head. And it's like noted.
1: No, he literally had a he- kid's head, and you can see the tension. Oof. Um, so Nightwing like lays down and you see Blockbuster stomp him. Um oh, and then uh pulls the mask off. And so the the end of the issue is like like does like the domino mask is honestly covering a lot but whatever (laughs) um (laughs) um, so like you see like nightwing like literally uh or puny god it into the ground right um blockbuster standing over him and he pulls the mask off and he's like dick grayson and then he's just has a confused face and then he's got the infuriated face like like, it literally sounds like the next panel would have been profanity. And it just kind of <laughs> cuts there. So Bloodhaven, Bloodhaven's on fire. The entire Justice League and Titans have shown up. Or the, the Bat family and the Titans have shown up. And uh, he's laying defeated under his fo- his bad guy's feet. And so that's super
0: a thing. Mm, um, there, there you are.
1: And uh, you and I are going to chit-chat on this one. Because, like, I know that you have as much to say about this as I do. Oh, um, man uh one of the ones that chris and i debated on this it was either he get their devil or i get this so (laughs) oh do i have the other cover i have the other cover yeah let's see this one looked very jim lee-ish i believe uh, it is
0: from okay because let's see there was a jim lee scott williams and alex sinclair cover which is probably that one
1: yeah, this is Jim Lee. And so I could I could just tell by the art, because that's the way he drew Riddler and Hush. And that's why I went with that. Um, this is a masterpiece. Oh, and, man. Um... <laughs> when,
0: when, when Tom King and Mitch just do their thing, it makes you feel... And that it's... Like, the opening of this book was one of those, okay, boys, get to the point. But at the same time, it's like, I appreciate how much time they spend on mundane things to make a point and yeah
1: so uh batman one bad day is going to be a series that's going on across the dc universe where it's they're saying batman's best villains in their best stories is their sales pitch for it and if this is factual in terms of the riddler uh this is the scariest i've ever seen the riddler yeah um it's the darkest i've ever seen the riddler probably um uh and it's
0: yes and we uh, saw the batman
1: by the yeah we saw and that's (laughs) that's nothing no um that's like super friends like paul dano's riddler belongs in super pets compared to this riddler um and uh with that being said this is just i don't know what else to give you i don't need to sales pitch you hard on this but just to tell you that this is worth reading Um, and this basically, it comes to the point where the Riddler has, you know, short version Riddler has been dumbing down his shtick forever just to enjoy it. And now he's done. He's not playing with that. He's not playing anymore. And when you see him unleashed with his full intelligence, he's running circles around Gotham. Uh, everyone is cowered into the fact that he knows that the only way to kill him, the only way to stop him would be to kill him. And the Batman won't do that. And so he's playing every card like not only does he straight up, he's by the way, I know you're Bruce Wayne and you just have mommy issues. Yeah. And like he's like he also knows how every other uh, thing functions in Gotham. And to the point he even says that he's the reason that uh, Joker shot Barbara
0: because he gave Joker the idea to do it. And like and where um, where she was living and all of it. Yeah, like they, so he, they rec- they retcon that piece of the killing joke of how Joker knew and everything, and he's like, "How do you think they hit that he knew?" Because I just like pointed that wacko in the right direction. Every so, it basically implied that
1: every really good villainous plot in <laughs> the Batman mythos came because he just enjoyed playing. Which, if you read Hush, right, kind of accurate.
0: Um, but uh, this was scary good, um, and. And it's technically also an origin story that they weave back in and out of how Edward became and It's And it's
1: an origin story we've never heard before. Right. So it's, like, not anything. I've never heard anything like this. I didn't. No.
0: No. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to throw on that one? No, I think this is one instead of talking about, like. A, that the ending is quite shocking and open to interpretation, but we don't think it really is. Um, that the ending is going to shock you. The journey is going to shock you. And for me, I love Batman's rogues when they are this sinister. That when, like, the cartoony 80s versions of a lot of these folks were fun and everything. But when these guys, like, I think we've said it in um, other books that when I get um, Gotham and as the primary city in the movie seven it's super fun um and makes your screen skin crawl in really strange ways and you just have a new appreciation for a how intelligent most of the rogues are but b also that they they're not playing and that and that's why what? and part of that is why bruce is like and that's why i punch them in the face really hard <laughs>
1: And there's there's no playing around whatsoever in this one. So um, no, from with that
0: last panel, you're just like, that is not the story I came for. But OK, I'm here for yeah. the ride. Um, am I down to my last one? Uh, yes. OK,
1: uh, I'm down to my number one or no, no, you're down to uh, it. It, it oh, isn't in yeah. your pile. <laughs> it isn't in my pile. Uh, by the way, honorable mention to uh, Shazam. Uh, like, uh, it's, uh, the new champion of Shazam is as it's called Mary Marvel, just honorable mention. It's good. But, uh, I, I just wanted to mention more. So there's more red hood out. Yay. Um, for me personally, uh, red hood and the outlaws specifically red hood and the outlaws with Artemis and Bizarro because they are the dark Trinity, reflection of the brokenness of the main DC Trinity. Mm. You've got a broken Superman, a disgraced Wonder Woman and a orphaned Batman. So it's like all across the place. Um, they're my favorite version. And when their story got canceled a couple of years ago, uh, I was heartbroken. Um, and then they gave us the two issues that never went anywhere. <laughs> Not that you're still bitter about that. I'm super still bitter. Okay. Um, uh they gave us a two issue setup and didn't even say goodbye How dare flipping they? douche waffles um and so <laughs> language <laughs> so my best seller at comic cons these days is a sticker that says jesus loves you but don't be a douche and <laughs> um and like everybody and their mom just was like you know what yeah i'm down for that um <laughs> but uh
0: that's so, not right, but i'll take two
1: <laughs> yeah i actually had a uh don't be a douche waffle sticker and it had like syrup pouring on the waffle and it's just like <laughs> i stopped order ordering that one um but uh, red hood and the outlaws is back and for freeze um for free not for freezing um but uh again uh it's on webtoons um which if you aren't aware webtoon is a comic a web comic app and you don't actually have to have the app you can use the website as well yep but um uh webtoon is this little green uh app that pops up and uh it is a place for you to read free comics
0: that's, and, uh, that's where Lore Olympus is as well, right? That is, that is where
1: Lore Olympus is as well. And you'll see that Red Hood is on the main page All that's snap. cycling through. Yep. Uh, so with that, uh, Red Hood is back on Webtoons and uh, starting out. And it is a Red Hood and the Outlaws story with Artemis and Bizarro and Red Hood. And they give you a little glimpse origin story. Like the first three issues that dropped are like, hey, by the way, these are who these, who these people are. And honestly, the Artemis story was really great. Like I felt like I got more Artemis backstory in a little webtoon than I did in anything in a long while. Um, but it's if you enjoy Red Hood and you enjoy the Outlaws, it's a free access thing. And you say, but it's not in a print book. Um, how uh, dare you? How dare you? <laughs> and and to be fair, most uh, lore, most Webtoons do not go into print. Right. Um, Lore Olympus, on the other hand, they did coming. Uh, Lore Olympus is on about issue 200 yeah. of, of their webtoon and they have two giant hardback volumes. Um, so if this goes even to a point of, let's say uh, 25 to 30, um, You know webtoons of this it could be a graphic novel so if you're remotely concerned um the formatting is just an issue um but they handle it well but i'll just say this i love red hood i love uh red hood and the outlaw specifically and i get it for free on a weekly basis yes please um yes yes i will take some of that please and some of it i mean some of it like was genuinely beautiful batman and jason throwback moments um but uh, you get uh Bizarro in a cowboy hat riding a pterodactyl. I mean, what else do you need in life? Um, hmm. So, hmm. your turn, Chris.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> How do I follow that? I follow that with. Um, uh, no, I just go in order, sort of. Um, so yeah, I told you guys about a book from Scott Snyder that I was like, What is this? And why is this a thing? And, um, so Dark Spaces, uh, Wildfire is back already in issue number two, probably because I was behind on the first one. So IDW is putting that book out, and this is the story I told you all about about the incarcerated all-female wildfire team out on the west coast fighting a wildfire and that i was surprised because this is a heist book and it is a heist book um and how they've been telling the story is in the different stages of wildfires so the first book um was a stage and the second book uh, they each have kind of like subtitles so this one is ignition and it's cool because they do The play on words in both directions right um that the fire is getting worse around them but also this was the the heist um and it's still pretty fun because it is you're getting more backstory of everyone on the team itself you're seeing bits of this crazy wildfire going on around it and they're talking about real very real things that are true in wildfires like they have an instance where they come across um some mountain lions and they're like oh goodness and well when fires burn predators tend to shift because they are more afraid of the fact that their entire home is on fire um and that that's complications that people run into is animals that a you don't normally run into but are also scared which means they are extremely dangerous um and straight up i think that is a foreshadowing for something else coming um with the group themselves but Um, spoiler but I think it sets up even more is that it's not just heist it's the turns keep coming and the end of this book is they're like doing the thing they're stealing this stuff um, and they're going through this really nice house that's been abandoned because there's a wildfire and they've evacuated Um, and they're like we're gonna get away and steal all the stuff and then you know they open one last closet and there's a dead body in it and they're like crap and I was like ah so good that every issue is giving it's just making the thing deeper and deeper. And I was like, again, didn't expect this book heard nothing about it leading up to it, but I'm like, this is good. And I have a feeling it's probably going to be six issues. I don't know. I have to double check the solicitation to know for sure, but it feels like it's going to be a neat package and be done.
1: Um, Double check. The solicitations just
0: sounds scandalous. (laughs) So I can't have nice (laughs) things. Yeah, Hector using industry terms. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) So what else do I have? Hector's 12 this morning. Um, That's normal. Um, I also read above snakes. I saw that and I was interested. So art is pretty neat. It's got that watercolory back and forth you know, kind of thing, but short version, which is great is it's spaghetti Western with kind of a twist that I'm kind of waiting to see how this actually plays out. But you get introduced to kind of a cowboy that's, you know, been rough and tumbled um, and is making their way across the West. Um, But is that an industry term? No, rough and tumbled. tumbled, Maybe. I mean, in that industry, probably. Um, But his sidekick for lack of a better word um is very much a buzzard that he talks to and it talks back so it's very the sandman like talking to matthew kind of thing um but the difference is no one sees this buzzard it is very clearly spectral or something um and we don't know why really (laughs) So I'm kind of – I'm still like, all right, I need that explained at some point. Um, But otherwise, it's just um, week-to-week Western-type stuff, and almost every issue ends – I need to find it. Wow, there's a bunch of ads at the end of this book. Ends with the preview, and the bottom of the preview is always – just one sentence and it usually goes something like this spec feels the call spec is the buzzard dirt plays the wingman dirt is the main character and someone gets punched um that's literally like the last sentence in every book and the first one was the same thing spec does something dirt does something and someone got shot Was the preview on on the end of the first one and i was like this is just i i got nothing but it's fun super fun how many issues are there um there are two out currently so you can catch up pretty quick Okay. And number two just came out. Uh, So my next one is Chris was scratching the bottom of the barrel trying to figure out stuff that was new and interesting. But thankfully, there are such things as comics that are weird and but pretty. And I guess that's my job here because I keep bringing you books like that. Um, You do cover weird and pretty pretty well. Boom. Parasomnia. Yeah. New book by Dark Horse, uh, Colin Bunn is writing. So guess what? It's kind of dark, kind of creepy, and all of that. Um, but it's got this neat watercolory type texture to it um, that I just dig. But it's very two bunny mask is that same thing? Yeah, it's and I think they may be similar teams. I forget, um, but you know, two three colors at most in most of it. And what's really it's it's a cyberpunk thriller um so it's cyberpunk dystopian future and inception ish um so there's just a lot going on and that's what i got to say about that so if you're looking for something really kind of out there but is very pretty and you are still kind of figuring out what on earth is happening here parasomnia um and there it is and So my final regular poll is the book that I stole from Hector. Um, So Daredevil, number two, also known as number 650 because we still legacy number at Marvel. Um, You got one of the other covers? I think
1: I got the same one. No, it's the same
0: one. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a 650 special, because it's a big round number and comics like to celebrate big round numbers, um, there's a lot of smaller stories in here, just kind of like a annual, but there's still the primary story carrying on from last time. And yeah, we are back to Chip Zdarsky's like picking at the edges of really complicated topics with a ton of depth and just Matt being refaced with someone from his past that... I'm just going to go out on the ledge and there it's either not Goldie or he is definitely possessed by something because there's been hints to that. And also just everyone like that's not the dude that we know. But they also kind of give us part of their past that could still be part of all of that is Goldie is working some stuff out. Um, But I think he's being motivated by another entity or being, but this is a daredevil book and why i love daredevil being daredevil in this way is that a the art is just wow and hector's probably gonna find some pages too but i just like and we are back to kind of man without fear type territory of matt is just getting his butt handed to him but he keeps moving forward. Um, and so this is the typical of, right, Daredevil's superpower is that his senses are higher because he's been trained to attune them because he's blind. Not that he's superhuman or anything, which means Matt Murdock gets swacked a lot <laughs> in Daredevil stories. But I dig that because the entire arc and reality of Matt has always been pick yourself back up and keep moving forward. Um, and he's unpacking a lot of stuff.
1: And they also bring back, hey, don't forget Devil's Reign existed.
0: (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) I
1: mean, it's literally there's an editor's note somewhere in here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because remember that uh, Matt goes to confess um, some love. And the person's like, I don't know who you are. And it's like, sea
0: devils rain. Number four. I'm like, Oh, and it's like, Hey, remember that time? Never mind. (laughs) Remember the time that we did this the second time. Womp, 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 womp. So yeah, I, I won't, I won't beat a dead horse on, on daredevil because it's, it is quite amazing. And I think probably Hector and I would both agree. Like if you have to read books this week, the, the Riddler, um, one shot and daredevil were like wow there's the two best books that this dropped this week Actually, another neat that's thing there because we we got to get to our number
1: ones and you took the good one um just to throw this out uh there's also at the back of daredevil 650 there's a thing of all 650 covers
0: oh yeah yeah that was awesome. dope <laughs> and and all the, and I, I love stuff like that and the short stories at the end are really good too yeah So, there's that. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mirai. Hey
1: everyone, I'm Hector Mirai and this is Faith in Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So there's a good amount of people who are being exposed to the Sandman universe for the first time because it became a Netflix series last week and it's you know the number one streaming thing on netflix right now and there's a lot of people who are getting their first exposure through this medium for me my first real exposure to sandman was through the audio drama that audible put out they put out two volumes of it have a phenomenal cast and everything and so i've been you know talking to my friends and people about the Sandman universe for a little over a year now Because I'd listened to these stories, and these stories were alive and real in my mind. And in some cases, that's really, really horrible. Like, the audio version of the uh, diner scene, which was way worse than what actually came on Netflix, uh, was completely traumatizing. But it's this great story, but now there's going to be a lot of people who are believing in it and who are going to invest in it more because they've seen this visual. You know, granted, it's been in the comic book forever. But some people need a visual that's provided for them very easily for them to actually invest in it. And this this whole process just kind of reminded me of this thing that Jesus said in John 20, verse 29. He says, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen And yet believed. And for me, I honestly wasn't really looking forward to a visual version of The Sandman because I liked what my imagination did when I listened to it. But there's some people that it's gonna be a lot more real for them because they actually can watch it, and audio wouldn't work as well for them. But here's what I want you to really understand: is that the important thing when it comes to us on a spiritual level is that we are willing to believe and trust God even when we haven't seen things completely physically in front of us. That if we're waiting for a visual sign from God for us to actually trust Him and to follow Him and to place our faith in Him, we're, we're going to be missing out because Jesus said it's blessed in us when we believe without seeing. Remember to catch Faith in Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on... LTN radio. And if you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me.
0: You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mirai. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you mine because mine was uh, it's it's an anomaly, but it's also just something of interest for you. And that's Heavy Metal putting out kind of something under their imprint versus in the magazine that, you know, technically Heavy Metal's a magazine has been producing lots of short stories. And so this is kind of part of their new marketing attempt at life and everything. But number one of entropy, uh, Chris Priest is is doing most of that um and it is kind of he's about, also doing black adam right i believe so so priest is being prolific at the moment which is cool um it's hard to explain exactly what entropy or who entropy is cuz this is the origin story but you do know that guy's a mailman and like nobody in his neighborhood likes him <laughs> um that much is true and then he comes across a kid that's talking all cryptically to him and he's kind of just like whatever kid whatever and the kid keeps saying um because he asked him a few times he's like great but what's your name kid and he's like he keeps saying i am and i'm like yep this is this is about to get creepy because it's i am period every time um and the guy just keeps ignoring it and he keeps repeating it and he's like cool you're gonna serve me and you don't have a choice if you betray me i'll destroy you and finally he stops and he's like what and he kind of snaps his fingers and he disappears and he becomes the being. Entropy is kind of the setup of this whole thing. And you're just like, what? <laughs> um, and he does the whole thing of, I knew I should have paid attention, like the fourth time the creepy kid said the same thing in a row, <laughs> in a row that that was probably a hint. And it's like, you think? You think maybe? Um, but it's pretty and... The other, I'm looking for it because there was at least a place where it's in the middle of the panel. Cause I'm like, oh, I've read this book already. Oh yeah. There's lots of places where it does this um, main character is. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I think I read this book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and What's funny is like the text in, in the panels is identical. So I, I don't know if this is like actually a valid critique that I'm like, Hmm. or if they're going somewhere with it because heavy metal is off brand from that one. So yeah. um, But it's interesting to see a heavy metal style story being told outside of the pages of heavy metal Um, because usually they are very out there sci-fi type stuff. Very typically mature. The first book wasn't super mature, but I have a feeling they'll get there because heavy metal, Um, but solid quality book, great images, I at least kind of care about this, this character. And I really want to know who the creepy kid is. Fair. Yep. Okay. Hit me, hit me with more of that DC goodness. Uh, (laughs) yep.
1: So surprise. Um, uh, I've been talking about this forever and this is more Tom Taylor because I enjoy Tom Taylor. Uh, deceased is back. Yay. Just (laughs) when you thought it was over.
0: Just when (laughs) you thought all the undead stuff couldn't possibly be more undead, but Hey, they're not vampires. Now, yeah see what i did there
1: yeah yeah i did i i did not touch a single vampire thing nope me neither Uh, no um so let me just say uh deceased handled its crap way better than marvel zombies that's my ted talk um but uh deceased uh and has given us a a nice continuous ongoing story and if you're unfamiliar uh with the last uh book it would i was dead planet right um deceased dead planet Uh, they found a cure for the zombie infection and everybody living was able to be restored. Um, um, and like, even to the point where part of this storyline is them traveling to the sun where Kal-El is in eating the sun from the inside out. (laughs) And like, even to that point, so some neat, what Kryptonians do. Yeah. Uh, but like, so the bigger threat, just the, obviously is that the, uh, the gods like lowercase G of the DC universe, fourth world are, specifically by the looks fourth of it. world, specifically like new gods and stuff, uh, are now carrying the infection and, uh, are coming for the living planet of earth. Um, and that's cool. More zombie stuff, more characters, you more, uh, just I meant more good development if you've continued the story, but I'll say this one of the one of the best moments that made this worth reading to me was uh, Damien having to tell Alfred that they found a cure after Alfred had murked Bruce and Tim. Yep. And in a way uh, that can't be fixed (laughs) in a way that can't be fixed because Alfred is that G. Yep. Um, and the Jason's gone too, but Jason didn't die by Alfred's hand. But like the fact that uh, you know, there's a moment where you literally just get Alfred saying, I've killed my sons. Yeah. And like, and like I literally just sat the book down. I'm like, went out, stood in traffic, listened I'm, to Everybody yeah. Hurts by REM. I'm not okay.
2: Not
1: okay, and uh, so that's great. I'm not gonna pitch or discuss that anymore, but I will say one neat thing was that they also released a body bag variant. Even has the zipper on the back. Yo. <laughs> and I thought that was super dope. And like you and I have plenty of times talked about I'm how curse yeah. we hate so many covers. And I'm like, nah, this is cool. I was, down, is, for that. Is, yeah. <laughs> I was down for
0: this. When it's done well, I'm all about it. And I think the only thing I would add is um, new origin-ish story for Supergirl is introduced at the beginning. It's or it's a different slice of life of it. Um because it's a slight variation on things um, that she was sent to the fourth world and the new gods um, during the destruction of their planets. And Kel el was sent to earth. And so one of my favorite statements from that whole thing was where, where your cousin was sent to live amongst the lessers, you were sent to live among the gods was that one bubble. And I was just like, Oh, snap. <laughs> um and then, of course, you know the middle of this that uh, Mr. Miracle, of Big Barda is like, I guess that means we got to go home, and home's gonna be really jacked up. <laughs> um, and then favorite Damian lines through the entire thing is, I need to find the panel. Um, I won't find it real quick now, um, but is where John keeps explaining the sun to him, and he's like, "I'm Bat, I'm Batman." Yeah, <laughs> like
1: there, there's a mission where they're literally going to the to the middle of the sun. He's like. I'm Batman.
0: John's like, no, I'm Batman. No, and he's like, but seriously, I'm Batman. He's like, I know, but I... <laughs> and it's it's the most Damien right. Wayne. He's meta commentary. It was it's great. It was so good. He's like in outer space. He's like Batman. <laughs> and I think that's the best. Some of the best part of deceased is you get Alfred realizing that he murdered his sons, and that in the same book. And the transitions don't feel weird. Um, No. And it's why DC's is just super awesome. So, man, all the books, all the comics is super good stuff this weekend. I I guess that means... uh, that's it for us here. Um, so that's it for the poll list uh, episode 73. It's now in the books and in your ears and ooh, in your eyeballs because we record the video and you can catch us on the YouTubes now. So go check that out. Tell us uh, what you think, if you dig it um, all that good stuff. But you know, we couldn't do this alone. Um, as you know, we take this journey of, epic podcast nerdiness and et cetera and fandoms and all that wonderful stuff with the folks over at love thy nerd and the love thy nerd podcast network uh so be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more info previous episodes and maybe find yourself a new show there's other stuffs out there we do nerd um so hector and i honestly from the bottom of our hearts want to thank you guys for choosing us as your primary comic book factory on well a near weekly basis we're doing pretty good um so don't leave and us matt. hanging yeah and matt because he does things and makes us look great. and we didn't talk about him enough this episode oh our bad matt we still love you um so don't don't leave us hanging rate review the show click the little like button now on youtube please do that click 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 um like and subscribe i get to say it now um hit that smash that subscribe button um industry terms yeah industry terms uh hashtag um but we're on youtube spotify stitcher radio youtube and so many more so thanks for listening and remember kids read more comics i'm going to take all seven continents of the game of Rift. I'm the master of epic
1: duel i can fill-